You know, Frank Sinatra, we couldn't play that song today to open up this episode of Lockdown Spurs of Luck Be a Lady tonight because luck was not a lady for the San Antonio Spurs yesterday at the NBA's 2020 lottery. Welcome to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Glad to have you back. And yep, just like everybody predicted, there was no surprise. Your San Antonio Spurs did not get the number one overall draft pick in the upcoming NBA draft. They pretty much fell where everybody thought they would land, and that'd be the number 11 spot. So what are we going to do today on this episode of Lockdown Spurs is simply discuss the Spurs and the position that they're in right now in the draft. What should they do with that pick? Should they just keep it? entertain the thoughts of maybe trading up what about trading down and also whoever they pick what is the best route for them coming into the new phase of the san antonio spurs developmental phase that is um and their, i guess their next steps in going that direction to do that i am joined by casey Vieira, san antonio sports reporter and casey wow you you really hopped on a good day uh this week you're <laughs> locked on spurs you know uh Something the Spurs fan base have never gone through, at least more the younger generation, and that right. an NBA lottery after 22 seasons, Casey. Yeah, and hey, listen, uh, this is pretty much what, pretty much what we expected. Yeah, I mean, there was a well, what was the percentage? I know it was two percent yeah. for the number one pick. What was yeah. what was the percentage of, of to get a top three? Like five percent, seven, six, something, something like that. Minimal, yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is what we thought. Late, just outside the just outside the top ten, between ten and fifteen. This is kind of what we figured it would be. Man, I mean, all the way back to January, February, mm-hmm. and pretty much things played out the way they do. So now they're in that lovely late lottery territory where everything is just a crapshoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hey, it is what it is. It's a lottery pick. Yeah, you know, before we hit the record button, Casey, um, you know, we'll dive into um, the number 11 slot in a few seconds, everybody. But you you joked with me, or maybe you weren't joking, that this lottery <laughs> is is kind of, eh, it's kind of, there is no consensus, number one. There is no, you know, standout player. It's not that deep. You know, is are we making too much to do about this draft, or is it simply because the Spurs are in the draft and that's what's so appealing or at least interesting? Yes, yes, and no. I I, I think it's just one of those drafts where there's not really a consensus number one, and when there's not a consensus number one like that, it's just well, what what do we really make out of it? Depending on who you're talking to, whatever yeah. moss you look, you look you. You see Edwards won. You see LaMelo Ball won. You see James Wiseman won. Uh, Obi Toppins even in the top three and some, and then barely in the top ten and others. So it's just – it's very fluid as to what the best of the best, and, and especially in, in this lottery, is going to look like. You know, usually when you get past and, and you kind of alluded to it, my, always, my stance always on the draft was after probably the first five – picks give or take you know that those guys are going to be i guess legitimate so to speak or those are the true the true i guess hit players after that especially once you get from 
10 through 15, 16, it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. It's a crapshoot because some of these teams, you know, just shakes out the way it does that the guy they didn't think would be there at, at number 11 right. all of a sudden is there just by default of, of the layout of the teams, things like that, and vice versa as well. And for every Kawhi that you get in the teens, you also get a, a whole bunch of nobodies on the other hand. It's just literally, I don't want to say a toss of a coin, but that's kind of where you, you mm-hmm. have your scouts come in. It's, it's, it's almost like that's like the nitty-gritty part of why these scouts work the way they do or, or you know, they, they get paid to do what they do is yeah. that when there's not really any kind of proven like that or any kind of constant, it's to find that constant, what it'll be there. And fortunately, unfortunately, depending if your glass half full, glass half empty, that's where the Spurs are. It's a lottery pick, but obviously a very unpredictable uh, selection spot that they're going to be uh, picking in coming months. And here's something to keep in mind as the Spurs now know where they're picking and now have some homework to do, and that uh, centers around scouting. And uh, Casey, I sent you um, the articles in case you wanted to take a quick look at that. But mm-hmm. in a nutshell, uh, there's no combine this season. There's no, no. – um, everything's going to be mainly virtual. I think there's going to be some limited in-person um, scouting the Spurs can do. But for the most part – the NBA is relying on virtual workouts. You look at the pandemic and what it's called. I mean, the college basketball season, no March Madness. Uh, here's some a bunch of guys that are their names are in the draft pool, but everybody's pretty much saying it's, not, it's a weak draft. You, you know, you look at the Spurs and they're number eleven now. And God, what a time to make it to the lottery, right? I mean, for their I franchise, it, it could have been the worst possible time of, of considering the circumstances beyond their control, Casey. Yeah, that that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> that that's yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. I know this is something you and I talked about a while ago. Is that that's just another element of the the crapshoot element that you're throwing into the equation, and the Spurs, of course, are are right there in in the heat of it, not necessarily getting eyes on on these guys, or kind of the final final eyes so to speak in the coming months that you would at the combine so again it kind of goes back to the idea of just these scouts you know this is why you have the scouts there this time last year where you have them at the end of the 1819 season yeah. at certain guys this is why you have guys overseas to get the job done this is where these guys earn their paycheck this year, they're really going to have to earn their yes. paycheck too. Big time. And, yeah. and again, like you said, though, fittingly enough, that's kind of where the Spurs fall in the one year there. Uh, <laughs> 22 in. years that yeah. they're back in the lottery. All right, so let's get down right to it right here. And um, our first major topic of this episode is now what? Okay, Spurs, you got number 11. Pretty much, you know, no surprise. Casey, what are you going to do with that pick? You're, are you, you're at that brain uh, trust in San Antonio, you're talking to them in the conference room. You say keep is it. Such a broad term. <laughs> Are you saying keep it? Trade up? Trade down? What, what are you doing? Stand pat? I mean, what do you think is the best approach for the Spurs right now? Honestly, I'm thinking trade back. Trade down? Okay, tell me why. No, trade, trade, move, move further back in the draft because it kind of goes with the idea of of what I was just saying is that there's so much of an unproven Mm -hmm. so to speak with a lot of these guys 
there's a chance that you're going to get the same caliber of player at 15, 16, 17 that you are at number 11. So if you got a team in there that's looking to bite and pick up a younger guy or, or, or pick up someone that they specifically had their eyes on that you as the Spurs don't necessarily have your eyes on like that, well, dump it off. See if you can snag a first this year. Or, yeah. Well, snag, the, of course, the, the, the incumbent first. Right, and then right. future picks and compensation on top of that. I just don't think where they are. Uh, where they're just lined up in this draft, it's mm-hmm. it's a spot that they're necess- that that they're not necessarily going to miss out on if they do decide to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And historically, though, I mean the Spurs don't necessarily make a ton of trades, anyways. I mean right. they made one of the biggest draft draft day trades in franchise history. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you are going to do it, then do it right. That was more than franchise history, no, NBA history when you yeah, think about it. Pretty much, but it's it's kind of a spot where. I do think it is a legitimate conversation that they do move the pick. I really do. Would you be okay moving down if it meant multiple picks? Because, uh, you know, let's be very clear, the Spurs actually do have two picks in the draft, 11 and 41. But what yeah. about picking up a few more and as a leverage? You know, hey, I'm making this up now. Jazz, you know, um, here's our 11 pick. We see you got, you know, two. I'm, gonna, I'm just making this up. Can we yeah. get those two? You know, here's 11. And we got so we got these two later first rounds, and we got that second rounder, and then kind of wheel and deal. Is that something the Spurs should do? Uh, and I guess I'm bringing these scenarios up because again, this draft. I mean, there's a lot of unknown, and I would rather have more chances at hitting on unknowns and maybe being very limited on hitting on an unknown. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that, and I think there's a better chance of them moving back. To uh, to that spot, no nineteen twenty to like you said the the theoretically hypothetical, um, you know, go in the opposite direction than them seeing someone inside of the top ten, someone that good inside of the top ten, and saying, "Hey, we got to pick up this dude. We just have to do it." And then trading compensation for that. I just don't think there's anyone there that presents that unless something crazy goes down and Anthony Edwards is there at. I don't know, at seven or something yeah. like that or whatever um, it is, yeah. then maybe they explore it. But it's just kind of like, what, why? Yeah. Why? It, it, there's nobody in this draft that you, that you just look at and say outside of the top 10 is like, or, or outside, excuse me, outside of the top uh, three or four. Right after that going outside the top 10 and, and further beyond that you're like this is a lock like we gotta have him exactly there's a ch- i mean there's a chance the guy anyone who who some people would pick at number four right now project could all the way could go all the way back to 11 or 12 or mm-hmm. whatever which way you spin it there's just so much uncertainty with what we're gonna see on just so many levels that i don't think it's necessarily worth it to, to try to get inside of that top 10. If anything, I think you almost have to legitimately explore going the other way. What if um, a team is okay eating that LMA contract for the final season and taking that off the Spurs book, you know, really clearing out the financial side of their rebuild. But they say, you know what? We kind of like number 11 and we have these other picks or these other assets. Spurs, uh, what do you think? I, I bring that up is because 
if they're going to do a, uh, no, they are, they're in the hard rebuild right now. We're, we're seeing it uh, go all out. Here's a guy that we saw maybe doesn't fit with this crop of Spurs uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that Rudy Gay openly said that, yeah, without him, we're playing a lot freer out uh, the yeah. run. You know, it, that has to go through the Spurs mind. That has to be okay. in the back of their mind, like LMA, what are we going to do with him? Right. Right. And, and I'm just, I'm just looking at the draft order here. What if Brooklyn comes at you? Brooklyn's at 19. Okay. We'll give you 19 Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen for LaMarcus Aldridge. I, I think that's probably yeah. ambitious, but I think that's probably ambitious. But I'm just kind of saying that more so from a financial standpoint because I DeAndre Jordan's the big number there, mm-hmm. uh, but but considering Durant and Kyrie run that team, so it sounds they're not going to sign off on management trading their boy like that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's an example right there. I mean, I mean Brooklyn. It, even if you can get, if you pull maybe a third team into that just to match the money, mm-hmm. so you get so we'll say you get. 19 Dinwiddie or Jared Allen. You're probably going to try, you'll, they'll probably try to get Jared Allen out of that deal, considering they have a million and one guards, anyways. Do you do that? I think that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think that's a great deal. And I uh, think that's if they can snag 19 and Jared Allen, Jared Allen, probably a guy long term. Not sure if he has a future there, mainly because, mm-hmm. mainly because I, I think in all likelihood that's the type of guy that's going to get packaged for a star might not even be an option. Heck, I mean, he could be in Washington too, if they decide to, to yeah. pull the trigger on a Bradley Beal deal. I mean, you have them at 19 Brooklyn, then you have Miami at 22 or 22 meaning. Also. Right. Right. Yeah. That could be an option there too. So I do think the possibilities are there. If they're going to get that pick, dump Aldridge the the thing that bites them in the butt though is that it's only one more year with Aldridge mm-hmm. you know and it's not like it's not like they're a team that's overly eager to dump a, a lot of salary from the standpoint of we want to free up the space to go get such and such and free agency it's kind of like they're where they are but I think the big thing with that though is pretty much hey like we're rebuilding now might as well just dump these guys while we can to get the assets yeah, and again, you're looking at the fact that they are in the youth movement mode. I think they, not they, but the, the Rosen decides to stay. I think for the most part, people will be okay with that because how well he meshed in Orlando with the young guys. But I just think that LaMarcus has now become the elephant in the room. I think he's become that, who's that guy over there that's kind of holding things up a little bit. And even if for, <laughs> somehow they were to unload him or move him, it's not – I mean, you're sure you're losing an all-star. We, we know what he's done in his NBA career, you know, and kudos to him. He's had a great uh, NBA career. But you got a guy like Trey Lyles who, as a big, he fits better with this young team, Casey. He might. Yeah. <laughs> he might. I, I don't it, – it's tough because Trey Lyles isn't the ball player that LaMarcus Aldridge no. is. We all know that. But he, we all he, know that he does – he does the dirty work. He doesn't demand the ball. He doesn't exactly. need to have his touches. Exactly. Yeah. And all, right. Exactly. And that's the big thing with Aldridge. If you, if you have a guy like that, you have to get him the touches 
and he has to become the focal point of your offense like he has been for however many years now. And if you're trying to change the way the your essentially your identity of, of how you play to go younger, play this really small ball where you're playing essentially a two guard as your second biggest guy on the floor, your your main offensive option can't be Lamarcus Aldridge at that point at the right. five spot. It just can't. Just theoretically, just just by pure philosophy, it, it just usually doesn't work like that. So I do think that that if there's ever a time to try to get something out of it, now would probably, you know, now has to be the time. For one, you don't because you the obvious, you only have one more year that you can possibly do this until he's a free agent. And two, you're start that they're starting to at least establish a little bit of an idea, that identity of what they want, what they they plan on pursuing and being and if they can capitalize on it to to further that process or get more assets that can help that process in the long term i definitely think you do it if you know if, if it comes at the 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 expense of aldridge you know oh well i'm gonna ask you something uh, right now and maybe it could be you know tabled for another lockdown spurs but mm-hmm. you know we, we've mentioned this before that all in all, there was as of right now, there's no spur on the roster in our opinion that is untouchable. They're not no. Duncan. They're not Kawhi. Right. What about uh, entertaining the thought of putting out there that hey NBA teams looking to deal? We have a number eleven pick and a guy named Dejounte Murray. Why I bring up his name is because if you know you have White, you have Derek White, you have Kelvin. So so you're looking to really so sweep you're looking the deal to over. Yeah. So you're looking to acquire an all-star then? Pretty much. What do you want back? I want an all-star. I want, I want a, <laughs> no, I want no a kid. Let me rephrase that. Who do, you, who do you want back? Do you I, have your I, eyes or is this just a theoretical conversation yeah. right now? Um, I would want somebody, um, a big. I think I, I need a big in his prime. That, a big in his prime. Uh, yeah, a guy that's going to run uh, a forward. You know, somebody who's going to fill that Rudy Gay role who's going to give you more uh, than Rudy Gay at this phase of his career. I know prime Rudy Gay was was an animal, but he's not prime Rudy Gay anymore. I think I'm going to get, go get real. Well, finish your thought. Finish no, your no, thought. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to get real cute here. Check this out. How about you deal Aldridge, DeJounte, and Eleven? to Philly for Embiid. Man, you had me thinking there. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that perked my interest a little bit. I don't know if that's enough to get it done. Yeah, well, come I on. Probably, come on, Brett Brown. Uh, do us a yeah, solid here. I know. That's going to be a new-look team. We know that much. And he might not even be there. But, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, well, that's what I mean. I don't think yeah. he's going to be there. And I don't think Philly moves Embiid. But I think you probably throw have to throw – Lonnie or Kelvin in that equation as well. If not both. Yeah. Then now they're just crazy. They started asking for that, but. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do DeJounte, LaMarcus, DeJounte, Murray, LaMarcus, Aldridge. And the pick. Oh, wait, you're throwing Lonnie now. And, and, and 11 and either Lonnie or Kelvin, you wouldn't do it. When you consider Aldridge isn't going to be here anyways, next at in 2020 or uh, 21, 22. No, I don't. I think that's a little a little steep for a for a player who gives you good numbers and 
Is it fair to say he's in his prime? Is that fair to say? Uh, Embiid. Embiid, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He hasn't really shown me or maybe shown the league that he can carry a team to the promised land. Well, an, he's, well, he's seen it. We're seeing right it now. right now in, in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, certainly not right now. They're, they're down. And now is his chance yeah. to shine. And I thought when the Simmons was, was done, I said, okay, MB take over and lead this team. And I haven't seen that. So yeah. I think it's a little well, steep for the, for the player. And I know with the numbers, I get that. I just think that's a little bit too much. And now I keep, I keep a uh, Walker and Johnson and, I don't uh-huh. know, Philly, do you want that 41 pick? I throw that in there, I too. I don't think – well, and the, the problem with that, though, too, is if you trade all that, you have nothing left in the cupboard once Embiid gets yeah. here. You, you don't have a point guard. You're, 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 you, you, have you have White. nothing left. You have White. You have nothing – you have Derek – right, okay. Yeah, you have Derek White, Lonnie Walker. Hopefully Weatherspoon Sandwich. pans out. Yeah, Weather, Weatherspoon. I'm, I'm just trying to think overall yeah. – younger long-term pieces that'll be here right Samanich, but it's like you know you, there's not really a whole lot to go off of with that yeah how about how about this how about this because it it sounds like it sounds like miami twofold here is going to be in a little bit of trouble one in terms of money one their owner, Mickey Arison, is, is he a total owner of Carnival Cruise Lines? Does he own it in its entirety or partial? He, he, has, mm-hmm. he has ownership, legitimate ownership, ownership. I can't even talk. That's how, it's, that's how exciting the idea has gotten. <laughs> uh, he, he has some stake in Carnival Cruise Lines, and obviously they're getting crushed right now mm-hmm. with everything that's happening in the outside world. So as a result, I mean, he's taking a hit financially. So there's this chatter going around. And I don't know how legitimate it is that Bam Adebayo might be a guy to be had because they don't necessarily want to have to deal with that luxury tax and they want to save money to get in that Giannis sweepstakes this mm-hmm. time next year. So you go Aldridge, 11, Lonnie or Lonnie or Keldon. Do you do it? No. You still wouldn't do that I either? Still wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. Really, it's 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 the Kelton. It's it's Kelton. It's him. It's, it's him that's holding it up for me. What about Lonnie then? I'd be okay with Lonnie. <laughs> yeah, Spurs I'd be okay with down him. a lot of this. Spurs fans, <laughs> it's amazing what a month can do, right? Well, you know, I want to give the kid a benefit of the doubt. You know, you know, lost his rookie season because of injury. You know, came back. You know, pandemic um, showed us that Houston game and showed us a little bit of two in Orlando, but. I want to give them a, a more time under the Spurs system. So, I would. You know what this conversation goes to show you, man, is that the options. You know, the options are limited. The options are limited in terms. They're of limited, both. or they're limitless. Limited. Okay. Limited, in terms of in terms of trading and getting a, a legitimate star. You know, I don't, yeah. or or at least and not the star star, but all star top twenty five player. I mean where do you go? Yeah. It, it, it's almost kind of like if they are going to move, make a move this off season, the Spurs, it's just going to have to be getting those, what we're all thinking that they're going to do is getting those pieces in terms of, of creating that rebuild. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Utah right now because Rudy Gobert theoretically might be an option too, in terms of mm-hmm. a guy getting moved this summer. If, if things reportedly continue to deteriorate with, with Mitchell 
I don't know. I'm talking out loud. Either way, yeah, either I, way. I hear options, you. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, that, the options are going to be there. I just don't know how. But but that's the thing too, Casey. Yeah. Is that this draft? Although it is considered, you know, not too deep, but I think it's I think it's freeing for the Spurs. It's not like they're they're going to stand there and if some team knocks on the door and says talk to us about eleven, it's not like they're going to lose out. It's not like they're going to no. be like you know what we're eleven. There's projected, you know, I'm making this up. Um, guy from UTSA and he's all world and he's all this and he can land in our lap. You know, we have a good shot. No, I, I think this frees the Spurs to really explore options, what to do with that pick, or even if they're their own roster, if they want to package something together to move up or to trade or maybe to trade down to acquire more picks. And I think that's freeing for the Spurs. Yeah, they're probably not going to get a guy who's going to make an immediate impact at 11. And yeah, there's a chance that this kid may be in Austin. We'll talk about that later. But I think because the makeup and the draft pool is not too top-heavy, let alone deep, I think that's actually a good thing for the Spurs. It, it, it allows them to breathe a little easier, knowing they don't have to worry too much if they're going to give up that 11 pick, that there might be a steal there. Yeah, and, and I, I think, again, that goes, that goes back to the idea of so much things just being a crapshoot in that spot and, and the COVID element of not seeing these guys just being even an, another – wrinkle into that and just kind of making it that much more difficult is that I don't know how much of a talent drop off there is from 11 to 17, 18, yeah. right around there. How much of a drop off is there? Cause it, it's just there. We just don't know. We just don't know. You know, Casey, we just, I, don't, we just don't know. Yeah. You know, Casey, I, once in a while, um, I allow a Spurs fan to come in lockdown Spurs Mm-hmm. And pretty much take over the mic and, you know, be the voice of the Spurs fan base uh, for the episode. And, oh, you know, if I'm, if I, yeah, if, <laughs> well, luckily for me, we can edit this. So uh, uh, that is true. It's not, yeah. it's not a, it's not a hot, hot mic. So. Yeah. It's not a hot, hot mic. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, taking a pulse of the Spurs fan base as we record this episode. And of course we're recording this right after the Spurs uh, found out where they're picking Want to hear something you mentioned about um, how quickly Spurs fans may have they may be okay with trading uh, Lonnie? Mm. Most on social media right now are, are being okay even trading Dejounte. Your thoughts? You and I have said it before. Nobody on this team is is nobody on this team is an untouchable. There's not the, nobody on this Spurs roster right now. You look at and are truly an untouchable player. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just not. They're just not. And I think there is going to be a lot of that. A lot of, a lot of those people who are saying, Hey, if we trade 11 and DeShante, we see something good. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's roll the trigger on it. Maybe you have that crowd that says, Hey, let's deal 11 and DeShante to, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to, yeah, put the, just, I, I, I need a second, but 11 and DeShante for a wing and make Derek white the guy the number one option to run the yeah. point. I mean, that's a conversation. That definitely that's, is a conversation. That's a legitimate conversation. It is. And we're going to continue this conversation about the Spurs and the draft and the guy that they will pick and what the Spurs should do with the new Spur once his name is called. But before we do that, I want to bring up and talk to you about DoorDash. You need to download the DoorDash app. 
ASAP. We're all living in the pandemic. We're seeing the pandemic effects still impacting the sports world. Like what happened yesterday, the draft lottery, you know, President, oh, no, Chairman Peter J. Holt couldn't be in person. You know, he had to do it via teleconference. Well, you're probably using teleconference uh, Zooms a lot nowadays, and you want to avoid that coronavirus. Well, the best way to get your food and be safe is using the DoorDash app. It brings the food you're craving right now right to your door, and they have the contactless delivery drop-off setting on that app. Another reason why you should download the DoorDash app wherever you get your favorite apps or at your favorite app store. There's also local restaurants on that app. They have over 300,000 partners throughout the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. It's Yeah, it's, it's a go-to. It definitely is a go-to. And the deliveries, again, are contactless, and it keeps communities that we live in safe. You cannot go wrong by downloading the DoorDash app. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app by entering code LOCKEDONNBA. And that fast scribbling right now you hear, that, that's Casey. He's writing down all uh-huh. the info right now how to get, yep. uh, take advantage of that uh, offer. And actually, you know, what it, you know what it is. What's you know that? What it is, Jeff. That's not me scribbling. That's me, that's me wrapping up my wrapper for my Chipotle after DoorDash brought me my dinner tonight. You see? There you go. Mm, That's what it is. That's what it is right there. So listen to Casey right now and uh, get yourself a uh, Chipotle meal by using the DoorDash app. (laughs) So that's $5 off your uh, order and zero delivery fees off your first order when you download the DoorDash app at the App Store by entering code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We are back, and I'm joined by Casey Vieira, a San Antonio sports reporter. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. And look, Casey, you know, the NBA draft itself is not till October. So the Spurs, they got some time to do whatever they can in this pandemic world we live in to do some scouting. But whenever they decide to turn in that card and give it to Adam Silver so he can read the name, um, well, first of all, congratulations to him and let his NBA career begin. But he's entering the uh, Spurs, where they have a history of taking time with their new kids, making them develop uh, in that development path that is so heralded that even when Keldon Johnson and Quindari Weatherspoon and Lucas Amanis were drafted, they told me and you, Casey, out in Brooklyn, that they're fully <coughs> aware of the draft, pro- uh, sorry, the, um, the process, if you will. Right. Of young kids in San Antonio. Casey, right. we talked about this before, um, you know, about maybe loosening up, uh, you know, that tight rope on mm-hmm. the development path. But in a weak draft where there's not so much talent, do you think the Spurs should stay strict to that with that number 11 guy or be okay with letting him, you know, spread his wings a little bit with the NBA team? No, I think he'll be up for majority of the season next year i do especially if they're going to be fully invested in what they're saying they're going to be fully invested in that's that you live and die by it at this point and you go with these younger guys and if that's if that's what they're truly truly focusing on doing then then you almost have to because if as much as we talk about this draft is kind of a crapshoot largely and especially in the lottery that's Mm -hmm. still theoretically as a lottery as as a player selected in the lottery a top 15 player 
or a top 14 player, I guess it would be, in that this is someone that in the long term, at least a couple years down the road, you're probably looking at a top six guy in your mm-hmm. rotation, which means, yeah, I, I mean, the guys that we do know already that the Spurs have sent, uh, sent up to Austin, whether it be Calvin Johnson, whether it be Lonnie, whether it be Luca, that is the Spurs way. Point I'm trying to make though is that if you're going to be in that lottery, there's a good chance that that guy you're going to get is a lot more NBA ready than what you're going to see towards the back end when you start pushing that 20. Factor in the idea that this is going to be the MO now, this development. I don't think that guy's going to spend much time in Austin, if any at all. And quite frankly, I don't think he should. Either way, I don't think he should. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm on the fence and. Uh, if this was a deep draft, I would say, you know, hell no, Spurs. You're going to let this kid play now, you know, right mm-hmm. now. But because we do not know the type of talent that will be on the board when the Spurs are up, then that makes me a little, you know, a little hesitant to say, you know what, Spurs? Yeah, you know, so-and-so out of so-and-so college should get burned the moment he puts on that Spurs uniform and the, the ball goes up to start the uh, regular season. I, I I think what the Spurs should do, and it's something that I've been hammering uh, since uh, the bubble, and now that the bubble is concluded for San Antonio, is just loosen up the reins a bit. Don't be so strict, San Antonio. If you're really going full force with this rebuild mode, full force Mm -hmm. with letting the kids shine, this guy is going to be a part of that next wave of Spurs. Why -hmm. not let him get used to his new teammates uh, now in San Antonio versus Austin. Again, I'm not knocking Austin. I, you know, it's, it's helped. We've seen the results, and there's no doubt about it. It works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's, let's be real. It's a very young league now. This is a very mm-hmm. young team. Uh, imagine if Pop does say, you know, adios, you know, I'm retiring. And then the new coach, the new coach staff, whatever they do, they have to bring in this kid and be like, okay, you know, now you're going to get used to our way. You know, Pop's gone. You know, this is going to be our way and, um, you know, get in there right away. And then what if it flourishes? Keldon, Mm -hmm. maybe Keldon was a victim of circumstance. Well, at least a good circumstance. The pandemic and because of the bubble, you know, and but he shined, though. We saw what he did when he was unleashed um, out of that G League. And even before the pandemic, you know, he was spiking in his uh, production. Lonnie, too. You know, in the limited time we saw Quindari, at least defensively, he was shining. So, Casey, I think there's a case that the Spurs should ease up with the kid. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting because so much of, of this Austin process is the fact that the Spurs are largely invested in being a postseason contender. And like they have been for years and years and years. So this year is going to be no different, of course. This year, meaning that the start of this season was going to be no different. Yeah. So yeah. that same kind of mentality was going to be in play. We'll see how this thing goes. We'll push for that playoff spot, keep the young guys a couple hours north up in Austin, and we'll talk to you later in, in, in March and April when we need you to come by, come by, show up to work while we rest our guys to get ready to make the playoffs. Okay, okay. But, that's, but, but, but here's my thing, though. Yeah. Let's just say they all all the all the stars and planets align, and there's a right. quality player that fits what they need right now. Uh, right, we'll, we'll, uh, a big. Let's just pretend it's a big, and this is an yeah. athletic big that the Spurs have desperately needed. 
Yeah. But you're still going to stash him in Austin, Casey? No. Well, no, no, no. That's that's the point I was going to get. Oh, that, okay. That I'm sorry. At. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. No. That, that that's what I was getting at. Is that this is a it, it's this is different. This is different because the Spurs are not going to be a playoff team presently constructed next year. So what's the point of, of stashing a guy in Austin for a few months? It kind of goes back to maybe not as dramatic, but it's kind of kind of the same principle of people always debating whether or not when a team, an NFL team drafts a young quarterback, do they throw him right into the fire, have him sit a year mm-hmm. behind a, an established veteran? It, it's an argument for both because some people say that you don't learn unless you try. But on the other side of the spectrum, if you throw that quarterback out there as a kid and he gets murdered mm-hmm. in his first 16 games as pro, then his confidence is shot and you might be screwed out of a potential investment right then and there. And while it's not necessarily as dramatic and in terms of being applicable to the, applicable to the Spurs, it's the same kind of general idea. You know, what, what is the best way to get these guys developing up to speed quickly? And me personally, I think you're kind of on the same boat as well yeah. by the way it sounds. I think the best thing for them right now is to just throw that guy in there. Well, you know, taking again, the pulse of the Spurs fan base right now, uh, yesterday uh, on uh, Twitter, um, Twitter handle and Spurs fan uh, at halftime Joe uh, tweeted because I had asked this during our talk right now that is there, okay. is there a spur that's untouchable right now and he said no and you're gonna like what he said why if Washington said they wanted Keldon in a deal for Beal I'd be the first one to pitch in for the ticket out of SA so it seems to me we're just gauging the Spurs fan base with this tweet from the Spurs fan and just me just skimming how Spurs fans are reacting. Mm-hmm. Casey, I think everybody's on board with you and me that as of right now, the majority feel that, that no, n- n- there are some that, that feel that this roster does not have guys that are so absolutely untouchable, that everybody's you know, right. out on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. I don't, and the thing is, I don't see how you can make a legitimate argument how someone is untouchable for that, that crowd uh, on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Because who, do you, who has proven who has proven that they are an untouchable player? I like Keldon Johnson, but we've seen him have eight really good games in a totally different circumstance. Mm. I mean, that's way too small of a sample size. DeJounte, I mean, we don't, we don't know what he's going to be. We know he's going to be a competent basket player, basketball player. We know that. But is he a cornerstone piece or is he a guy, a starter in the league? We just don't know. There's no one. And, and – I, that's why I don't understand for the people, and, and maybe that's just kind of the, the Spurs mm-hmm. fandom way of just getting so emotionally attached to these guys. And I, I think part of that's normal. But I just don't understand how there could be a legitimate argument to call any of these guys untouchable. Yeah, They don't. And I think that's why if these trade scenarios pop up, you seriously have to contemplate it, especially to get a guy like Bradley Beal. Another thing you have to keep in mind here, too, man, is, is – when you make a move for an all-star like that, you have to look at all the pieces that you're trading, especially the young ones, and say, hey, is Lonnie one day going to be as good as Bradley Beal? Right. Is Keldon Johnson one day going to be as good as Bradley Beal? And if you think so, if you think those guys – When you are- pose that question to me right now, I, my, my first gut was like, no. Right. Like, we don't know. Yeah, I don't right. know. There, there's not enough. There's not enough. It, it's way too much of, a new, of an unproven right now. Early indications after a year for Keldon, if you want to call it that, two years for Lonnie, it would be no. 
So if that's the case, you have a chance to get a top 15 to 20 player in this league, one of the best scorers in basketball, and Bradley Beal, it's like, all right, well, we'll give you one of those guys. Sure, no hesitation. Because if their peak is going to be a, a solid role player in this league, what, what are you missing out on? What are you, what are you missing out on in terms of not getting there? Or I should say, what are you waiting on at the expense of missing out on a guy like that. Yeah. And I think that's something that the Spurs have to legitimately consider, of course, if the opportunity has to present itself first. But if it does, and so much of the idea of the homegrown talent, you have to at least explore it. You also have to keep in mind, though, too, as we know, San Antonio hasn't exactly become a free agent hot spot no. or some a place. And, and, the, and the team may be losing their perhaps most attractive piece Popovich, um, yeah, you know, exactly. soon if he does retire, and that's that. That's the counter argument I was going to make to that yeah. as well. Was that well, none of these guys, you know, you view as the cornerstone pieces. There's a chance that the Spurs are going to be bad and 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 bad, like really bad, over the next couple of years to the point that they may be bad enough to get a top three pick right now. Because presently constructed, especially if if they move Aldridge and if they move DeRozan. This is a, a probably a bottom seven, seven team talent wise on the roster next year, mm-hmm. going to the next year, just based off the fact they're so young. You know, would you not agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think they'd be scrapping for that eight seven seed. Yeah, I, you think? It, you, wow, you think they'd be? Yeah, really. Even if, if Pop is really? still around, if Popovich is still around, yeah, I think he'd be good enough. He's a good enough coach to get that out of them. I think he'd have them in a, at least in a position to knock on that eighth seven seed door but you think so mm-hmm. Even, I mean, talent talent wise right now though i mean they'd be a better team talent wise right now with a hundred percent lamarcus and a hundred percent um rudy gay and who played mm-hmm. incredibly out in orlando with demar back and kelton's growth i think they could i think they could. i really believe that I'm not saying they're going to get the number one seed or, or be holding up the trophy, but I think they have enough at without, least to push that eighth seed. Well, with, without DeRozan, without Aldridge, if they do decide to move, that's what I was kind of insinuating. Okay. Um, then no. Then no, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. At least we're on the same page with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least we're on the same page with that. But point being, though, man, is that unless the plan is to really bottom out like that, I mean, I think you have to consider a deal if a, if something like Bradley Beal mm-hmm. came across legitimately on the table, something was presented in front of you like that. If yeah, intent, I mean, if you're you know if your intent is is to try to compete sooner before later, you have to think about it. So I did a little bit of a social um, social experiment right now, uh, or at least in this case, oh, a social media sounds, experiment. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's, it's good, and it lends to the conversation. And so I just put it out there, you know, social media. Uh-huh. I said, hey, it seems Spurs fans are tweeting that DeJounte Murray is okay to trade. Interesting. Hmm. Well, somebody replied to that and said, I like him a lot. And this is, by the way, from uh, Twitter user at HPSBMDZ underscore 10. He says, I like him a lot. But when he was put into the second unit and indirectly complained about it, that's when I begin to wonder if he's really what the Spurs are looking for. But who knows? Another reaction to that little experiment says um, he's nowhere near a star. Interesting. Um, 
then somebody replied to um, at Joy Singh uh, says, Murray, we aren't trading him. Stop it. So it seems again, the, the reaction is mixed. There's not that maybe last year or maybe his rookie season where fans were like, no, he's not going to he's a spur for life. And now you got get a few seasons now to look at him. I think Spurs fans are probably taking off those Spurs colored glasses and they're really giving him yeah. a look. Yeah, and you, you know what? You know what, man? I think as much as and, – and I'm interested to hear your take on this. I think as much as Spurs fans got hyped for Keldon Johnson over these eight games, mm-hmm. I think they soured on DeJounte just as – maybe not just as much, but I think they really soured on DeJounte and, and here, these last eight And games. here's the thing, too. Out in the bubble, he, DeJounte became an afterthought. It was mainly mm-hmm. Keldon, Lonnie – and um Derek and Damar you I I would there were even times where I was getting articles ready for the Spurs zone where I was like oh yeah they got DeJounte like that's how much he got overshadowed Casey mm-hmm. no it, it's true it's true and I think a lot of Spurs fans are starting to kind of have that conversation whether it's fair or not whether it's fair or not about what DeJounte Murray really is is he that legitimate all-star talent or is he just a good player, a, a good player, a notch below an He all-star. says the right things, that's for sure. Yeah, he does. He, he, he says the right things. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that because even as it pertains to him, there's, there's way too many caveats when this argument happens that you can throw out there to at least can make it to, to, to be the point counterpoint. It's really hard to find a legitimate argument one way or another, because for the people that are cooling down, you could have the DeJounte advocates who right. could say, well, I'm not buying entirely yet because I don't think he's hundred percent healthy. Yeah. And, I mean, that's still a fair argument. You could have the people, some those same people came back and say, how are you really going to take those eight games after three and a half months off? That's another fair argument. So I think that's kind of what a lot of Spurs fans that were coming across with all this is that, yeah, these arguments are there. They are there. And while it's a small sample size, it has provoked that at least. But I think with a lot of people though, and you're starting to see it now, which is starting to become, and I don't know if this is a product of COVID or not, product of, of the bubble or not but i think a lot of spurs fans are starting to yeah find the same page and that every, nobody on, presently constructed on this roster there is not what they see right now as an untouchable no. true cornerstone pl- cornerstone no, play ab- absolutely not no no as we speak right now there there there's not a player that's there i think one of these players could emerge in that way if the spurs see the talent and maybe develop the team around him you know, Murray, you know, Keldon, yeah, I mean, I, Derek White. But we don't know because you look, look what's happened to these young kids' career since coming into the NBA. You had the pandemic. You had the bubble. You had Murray lose a season. You had Lonnie see his uh, rookie season get wrecked because of injury. You had Lucas Amonich stapled to the bench out in, out in uh, Florida. You had Weatherspoon, who was forgotten that he was drafted, but he was doing really well in the G League, but again, didn't really get to showcase what he could do in the NBA level because he rarely got the call up. And when he did, he was stapled. You saw, you know, you're seeing whoever they will pick in the 2020 draft 
have to go through a virtual draft combine, virtual, um, you know, workout with the Spurs, very limited. And with this, knowing the Spurs, they're probably going to take that into consideration in his development path. So, you know, we really didn't get to see him. So we're going to mm-hmm. keep him in the G League longer than maybe we had hoped to him. And we don't even know when the NBA season is starting. Adam Silver, before the draft, announced uh, via ESPN that December would be nice, but realistically, they're going to push it out further. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Casey, I think you we need to give these kids at least a full NBA season. Unless, again, somebody gives the Spurs a sweet offer. Hey, you know, we have number nine pick, whatever, or uh, eight. You know, do you want them? And we'll take 11 yeah. and maybe we'll take off your hands – uh, DeJounte, because maybe in that eight range there, that they're going to land an impact player. I agree. Yeah. I agree. For as much as we pose these hypothetical situations and trades because it's fun and uh, th- that's what we do as sports fans. You know, we talk about hypotheticals. That's why we do this. That's why we enjoy it. The smart decision here for the Spurs is the stand pat, is the stand pat with what they have. That's the way to go about this. If they're truly dedicated to this rebuild that they're that they've that been, they've been talking about over the past two three months they have to stand pat they're in yeah. the spot right now where if you're going to commit to it you have to commit to it if you want to try to build internally like you have in years past and play to your strengths which has been homegrown talent coming up through your pipeline whether it be through austin or directly through the at&t center on opening night <laughs> then you do it you know, then, then you do it and you have to do it. That's the only choice that they're in right now. Well, not the only choice, but yeah. in my opinion, probably the best choice that they're in right now. If this is going to be the way that they say they're going to do it, they mm-hmm. have to do it this way. Yeah. And you, you also look at uh, the new guy, whenever, you know, we found out who that will, who that will be, they're probably coming into the, their pro career. Like, okay, so I didn't really get to have a combine and I didn't really get to work out with you in, in a normal non-pandemic eras or years so now let me show you what i got and we know the spurs they'd probably be like okay yeah you know what yeah you're gonna go to the g league or you know what you're gonna be stapled to the bench which is fine i get it the rookie they gotta earn their stripes i get that Whew, but you gotta give a little bit of kind of understanding of how, what's going on with this young core and the circumstances that have been surrounding them mm-hmm. and especially the new guy you know whenever he does put on that draft cap but I, in my opinion, again, I just want to circle back to the main topic of the segment is that I'm of opinion that he should do the G League, but the Spurs should just ease back, call him up more often than not, let him play if it's a blowout, let him play if the game is seemingly in hand, let him pay, play even if it's just for two or three minutes to end a quarter. Just get him some uh, experience. Casey, your final thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts, but I, I know, know you do. About- but but, but, but yeah. during during the break, uh, Casey and I talked about that. We're actually tabling some of them for a future episode <laughs> yeah. of Lockdown. Uh, I, I was going to say, thankfully, the good and the bad thing about having the Spurs in an unprecedented situation that they're in is well, actually no, there is no bad thing in terms of us. There is no bad thing. Let me rephrase that. The good thing about that, and, and the great thing, now that I think about it even more, is that it gives us that many more hypothetical situations yeah. that probably won't play out the way that we did, or at least they say they were. It gives us a chance to talk about it, mm-hmm. and that's cool. 
That's it, fun. And uh, did, what 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 you asked me something? Final thoughts with it on on what the Spur, what the Spurs should ultimately do with the new guy? Probably stash stand, him. Probably, uh, yeah. It, no, I no, think, when I say stash, I, I don't mean the draft and stash Euro thing. I mean no, stash no, 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 no. Yeah. I know. I, yeah, no, I got you. Um, hell, man. You know what? Send him up to Austin for a little bit. Okay. There Send you go. Up for, not, not, and I'm not, I'm not talking like staple Luca to the bench up in Austin. <laughs> I'm talking, send, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not talking that like to the point that everyone forgot that dude even existed, yeah. existed Luca. I'm, I'm not talking that. Get the guy some burn. Get the guy some burn in Austin. Give those minutes. Give those minutes to Rudy Gay or whoever it may be, because that's kind of the way basketball is. Everyone's just a small forward, power forward these days. Whoever it may be, one of the vets. Trade Rudy Gay. Trade Trey Lyles next year at the deadline. Get assets back. Call up the kid. And there you go. That's the recipe. All right, there you go. Those were Casey's thoughts on what the Spurs should do with the new guy once he becomes a Spur. But when we get back, we're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. We are back, and I'm joined by Casey Vieira, San Antonio sports reporter. And we're talking the Spurs. Finally, knowing where they're going to pick, no surprise, number 11, and uh, what they should do with the guy once he is drafted. I'm an opinion to just have an easy, kind of eased up G League path. Casey is the opinion that, nope, put him out in Austin and let him develop uh, 100% for their entire season for the most part. Casey, you'd be okay uh, with the occasional, occasional call-up, right? 50 to three quarters of the season. Okay. Right. 50 to three quarters of the season deadline, bring them up around the trade deadline. And once you're out of it, once the Spurs are, are really out of it, even though that'll probably happen sooner before later. And those roster spots open up when they start inevitably making the transaction, get something back with the impending free agents, call them up and then give them some real run. Or, I mean, you could just keep them and then limit his minutes until then, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, that could work too. Yeah. Hey, you, you know, before I give you some final thoughts here, somebody on social media here threw out a trade scenario or hypothetical and want to get your thoughts on this. What if mm-hmm. packaging some sort of deal, including some of the young guys and the draft pick for one Lori marketing? 11. So you're saying so 11. The, so, so the hypothetical I'm giving you, tell me your, your take. I think it was number 11. Yeah. DJ. For Laurie Markkinen? For Laurie Markkinen. No I mean, he, he, No? Too much? No, no, not a, I'm not a marketing guy. I know there's that crowd that thinks he's a, a diet version of Porzingis. And, not, and I say this in all seriousness, not because you know I'm the Porzingis cynic, but in reality, Porzingis is, is a special player. But I don't – I'm not a, I'm not a Laurie Markkinen guy. I know he took a little bit of a step back this year and kind of was starting to figure things out a little bit, but – at the expense of giving 11, 11 Lonnie and, and who was it? Um, uh, DJ DeJounte. So you're giving 11 and DeJounte for, and Lonnie for Lauren. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Hey, yo, I look, think, look, I it, horrible. Spurs I think, fans I, have been on the, the Lori marketing bandwagon for a long time. And they, you know, they just, you know, I get it. He addresses the need that athletic big, but 
and he's a good player. You know, he's a really good player. But yeah, my thought too that was a little bit too steep of a price. Oh, for no a way. Yeah. No. No way. No. That 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 would be that that robbery. No. <laughs> if you're gonna trade, you know what, man? If you're gonna trade Dejounte Murray, I mean, you're gonna try to you're moving him in a deal to get a legitimate player back, an established player back. Because while we're cynical on Murray to a degree, we do know that he is a starter in this league. We know that at worst, Murray is a starter in this league. Mm-hmm. You know that. So if you're going to move him, is he really you know, a starter? I think so. I, I think he's a he's a top six rotational player. Oh, I do think that. I don't I, think I, that's. I don't yeah. think that's the debate. I think the debate is whether he's an all star player. Yeah, I th- which I I'm not sure on, but I do think he is a starter the top six guy in a rotation. I do. Okay. All right. Yeah. There, there's some times where I look at some of his numbers and yes, I, I have so many subscriptions to these advanced stats numbers. And I look at him. I'm like, yeah, he's good. But there's never, do I ever look at those stats and be like, oh, okay, the Spurs ever trade him. They better get something back huge. I never had that reaction. Uh, would you think, what about a six man role? You think he's a six man guy? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a, I, yeah. Well, eh. I mean, so much of the six man narrative is just being, a, a, you know, a guy who can come off the bench and score, mm-hmm. but that's, as we know, that's not his game, but do I think he's a top six man in the road to a, a, a guy who can fit into your consistence first six guys take yeah. the floor? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Well, you're going to get more react about uh, DeJounte, whether he's untouchable or not. We have uh, Damien on Twitter, at D-A-B. I can never, you know, some of these guys, they get creative with their handles here. So it's yeah. Bar- Bartonek. There we go. D-A Bartonek. He says, DeJounte is a fine young defensive player, but offensively, he is currently a below average player. That's and, accurate. And with, That's accurate. with the NBA being all about offense, you know, kind of makes you wonder. Yeah. It's, that's... That's accurate. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a flawed offensive player. He's not wrong. I mean, he's, good, he's a solid distributor, seeing positive steps and being a solid distributor and playmaker, but that jump shot's not there. So, not whatever. Twitter I, 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 I actually that. think that Derek White is a better uh, point guard than DeJounte. Yeah, you've been on that bandwagon. Yeah. I know you've been, you've been on that bandwagon to the point that you're, you almost, I think it was you who pitched the idea of White at the one, DeJounte at the mm-hmm. two at this point. Yep. <sighs> I gotta say, man, if Derek White plays the way he did, I mean, come on. I mean, did he not what he did in Orlando did not make your jaw drop? I mean, he 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 played he looked good. He looked he also <laughs> looked like a he looked like a starter in this league at worst. And I think I think the debate is also a, is the that I was talking about for DeJounte, whether he's a starter or an all-star, a potential all-star. I think you have to have the same about Derek White, but almost kind of from like a different context. You know, we're saying we're we're making that argument about Dejounte because the the bar was put so high. So it's like, eh, was he really that good? But merely, meanwhile, on the other side of the spectrum, nobody expected this out of Derek White to be the level that he's at. So now you're having that same conversation. You're like, whoa, like he's he's good like can he be an all-star so it's weird how it kind of works like that right because it, it's basically the same conversation that we're having mm-hmm. yeah but it's interesting to see what the spurs are going to do with that 11 pick 
The Spurs obviously have uh, quite a bit of work to do, and they also have a lot of uh, options that they can use. We threw a few out there for you. What do you think the Spurs should do with number 11? Move up, move down, keep, trade, whatever, let us know. And what do you think about the new guy? Whenever he does come to San Antonio, stash in the G League, play him immediately, kind of halfway in the middle. We need to hear from you. You can uh, let me know what your thoughts are on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone and go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio, fox29sanantonio.com. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And for those of y'all who want to crucify Casey for considering for trading, trading away the young core, I'm just kidding. They just no. suggested it too. Yeah, I know, I've I know. I've said I'm much kidding. more egregious things on this program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Far kidding. more egregious things. I'm messing with uh, Casey here, but no, you want to talk to Casey about his proposals and what he thinks of what the Spurs should do with their pick and their young guns. Uh, Casey, tell them how they can talk to you. Casey underscore Vieira, C-A-S-E-Y underscore V-I-E-R-A. Nobody's claimed the, the Hot Wheels yet. You know that? <laughs> you told me. You did tell me that. Yeah. Yes. So, so let's, let's, let's give this one more time, uh, another yeah. try. Okay. So for the past few episodes of Lockdown Spurs, maybe not the most recent one with the Spurs fan, uh, but I've been saying that there's a box of Hot Wheels for somebody who wants to claim it, and all they got to do is just follow me on Twitter at uh, Jeff G Spurs Zone and tweet at me to let me know, one, do you subscribe to Lockdown Spurs? Some sort of proof, like a screenshot that, hey, I'm on iTunes and see, I'm subscribed. That's an example. And let us know, us, me and Casey, know what did we talk about? Is this something we said that maybe stuck in your head? And guess what? Free Hot Wheels for you, your, your family, your kid, your daughter, your niece, nephew, whoever. So if you do that, there's a box of Hot Wheels coming towards you. So Casey, I'm a little disappointed though. Well, now that there's no now that that we have them on edge and we suggested trading everybody now they're gonna call it <laughs> i hope so all right let's, let's yeah. just give this one more try again so for casey Vieira, you can follow <laughs> me on twitter at casey uh, underscore Vieira, and me jeff garcia at jeff g spurs zone you want to know that too because you want those hot wheels uh we want to hear from you you know how to get a hold of us so we're looking forward to it and with that Casey and I are going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.